Good evening, friends. Today is Thursday, February 6, 2020. Our readings for this evening are Psalm 74 and John chapter 6, verses 60 through 71. And we will, as promised, talk about all of the readings this evening since I didn't have time to do them this morning. And I'm so sorry. I just realized as I went in to start recording this episode that I hadn't published this morning's prayer. So forgive me for that. I'm so lucky that I have such a gracious and um, and loving, I was going to say audience, but that's really not the word I'm looking for here. Um, such lovely and gracious prayer partners. Let's let's call it that, because that's what y'all are, right? So let's get to it with our evening prayer. I will bless God who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set God always before me. Because God is at my right hand, I shall not fall. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O God, make haste to help us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of our ever-living God in heaven. O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, creator, incarnate, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Psalm 74. O oh God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you acquired long ago, which you redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion, where you came to dwell. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Your foes have roared within your holy place. They set up their emblems there. 
At the upper entrance, they hacked the wooden trellis with axes. And then, with hatchets and hammers, they smashed all its carved work. They set your sanctuary on fire. They desecrated the dwelling place of your name, bringing it to the ground. They said to themselves, we will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our emblems. There is no longer any prophet, and there is no one among us who knows how long. How long, O God, is the foe to scoff? is the enemy to revile your name forever. Why do you hold back your hand? Why do you keep your hand in your bosom? Yet God, my King, is from of old, working salvation in the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the dragons in the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You cut openings for springs and torrents. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day, yours also the night. You established the luminaries and the sun. You have fixed all the bounds of the earth. You made summer and winter. Remember this, O God, how the enemy scoffs, and an impious people reviles your name. Do not deliver the soul of your dove to the animals, to the wild animals. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have regard for your covenant, for the dark places of the land are full of the haunts of violence. Do not let the downtrodden be put to shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Rise up, O God, plead your cause. Remember how the impious scoff at you all day long. Do not forget the clamor of your foes, the uproar of your adversaries that goes up continually. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For God has looked with favor on what he created. On what God created? For God has looked with favor on what God created. Me, from this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. God has mercy on those who fear God in every generation. God has shown the strength of God's arm. God has scattered the proud in their conceit. God has cast down the mighty from their thrones, and has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich God has sent away empty. God has come to the help of God's servant Israel. For God has remembered God's promise of mercy, the promise God made to our forebears, to Abraham and Sarah and their children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. John 6, chapter 60, I'm sorry, John, John chapter 6, verse 60 through 71. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? 
It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by, by God, the Creator. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. For he, though one of the twelve, was going to betray him. The Gospel of our gracious Jesus Christ. Praise to you, gracious Christ. God, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I believe in God, the Creator, Creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, the Word incarnate, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, who suffered under Pontius Pilate, who was crucified, died, and was buried, who descended to the dead and on the third day rose again, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Creator. Christ will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. That this evening may be holy, good, and peaceful, we entreat you, O God. That your holy angels may lead us in paths of peace and goodwill, we entreat you, O God, that we may be pardoned and forgiven for our sins and offenses. We entreat you, O God, that there may be peace to your church and to the whole world. We entreat you, O God, that we may be bound together by your Holy Spirit in the communion of St. John, St. Paul, and all your saints, entrusting one another and all our life to Christ. We entreat you, O oh God. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things both in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the supplications of your people, and in our time grant us your peace through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, 
one God, forever and ever. Amen. Most holy God, the source of all good desires, all right judgments, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, so that our minds may be fixed on the doing of your will, and that we, being delivered from the fear of all enemies, may live in peace and quietness through the mercies of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Be our light in the darkness, O God, and in your great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of your only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. O God, the life of all who live, the light of the faithful, the strength of those who labor, and the repose of the dead. We thank you for the blessings of the day that is past and humbly ask for your protection through the coming night. Bring us in safety to the morning hours through the, through the one who died and rose again for us, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord Jesus, stay with us, for evening is at hand and the day is past. Be our companions in the way. Kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love. Amen. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous and all for your love's sake. Amen. All right, so now is our time for special prayers. And I am going to pray an encircling prayer of protection over myself and my son. You can certainly pray for whomever you would like, whoever you feel moved to pray for. So I'm just going to pause right now and do that. I'll be back. So starting with our Psalms, I believe that overall the message that I'm getting from Psalm 71 today is that God is our rescuer and our refuge. This is an ongoing theme that we have been talking about. And we request God's help. And then in verse 20, we remember that God will revive us again. And I, I have a note here from the last time we read this psalm together, again and again and again. And it is so true. I was listening to a podcast, Jen Hatmaker's podcast, um, where she interviewed Beth Moore, or she talked to Beth Moore this time, and Beth was talking about like she lives her life on the rocky soil, so it really spoke to her when she found out that grapes grow best in rocky soil, because she was like, oh my goodness. So... For a lot of us, life is like that. Life is trial after trial. And that's why we can't postpone our joy, our faith, our belief until trials are over. Because sometimes it seems more like blessing is just a brief rest in between the trials. And that's probably just our human perspective too. But but our feelings are valid, and I think that we have to, we have to, have to, have to embrace being rooted in faith and love even in the midst of trial, and embracing God's peace and joy even in the midst of trial. 
And believe me, I know that is no simple thing. I have been, I've been living in the midst of trial. I've been talking to you guys about that, right? Um, to the point where, you know, I had some good news, very good news recently, which I'm really thankful for. And someone said to me, yeah, I haven't seen you that happy in a while. And I'm someone who's so happy and cheerful that I've been accused of being overly cheerful, annoyingly so before. And so to realize that like how much this trial had worn on me, like it was, that was a significant awareness, you know, having this brought to my attention. But God is our refuge. God will rescue us again and again. And I, I thought to myself that not only am I not going to be afraid of, oh my gosh, when's this shoe going to drop? When's this going to go wrong kind of thing? But also, I'm going to write this down so that I remember because there will be another trial. And in the midst of the next trial, I want to remember how God brought me out of this one and have faith and trust. May we all, God, may all of us who are in the midst of trial be reminded of your faith and your rescue and your love. Grant us your, grant us your peace that surpasses all understanding, that overwhelms any circumstance, and give us joy that has no context, that is simple and pure joy in you, no matter what our context is. Amen. This evening's psalm, Psalm 74, the context, speaking of context here, is the temple had been destroyed and the psalmist is praying to God to restore the temple. You know, this was the center, not just, this was the center both of spiritual life and also seemed to be the center of creation um, for the Jewish people. And so the psalmist does just what we were just talking about a moment ago, remembers back with the historical memory, so to speak, of all that God has done, conquering the chaotic waters, bringing the earth into being, establishing the sun and the moon and the stars, setting all of the earth you know and I was I was reading about this passage I think maybe it was in the book that I'm reading on spiritual warfare where it was talking I have to go back and look at it but this psalm has come up very recently um, and particularly describing how our early historical understanding of God, forgive me if I'm saying that kind of in the wrong way, but like that reach back way back memory about God as the creator, how, how we understood that in that God fashioned the earth very purposefully, you know, and, and set every extent of it in its place and that God tamed the chaos. Um, I think the point of what I was reading was that, among other things, that God did not create the earth out of nothing, that God created the earth um, 
out of substance and matter that existed and tamed the chaos in, in order to set things up exactly as they are on the surface, so like all the bounds of the continents and the seas and that sort of thing. So I think that that what the psalmist is doing here is reminding that like God, God made the earth and then God made us out of what God is made of. <laughs> and so God will certainly take whatever situation or chaos or the ruins of the temple in this case and make out of the ruins something wonderful and beautiful. And that, I mean, if God can do that with the entire um, expanse of creation as we know it, and we know more and more of it every time, then of course God can do that with the temple, God can do that with our lives, God can do that with our well-being. And it's very comforting and reassuring to me at least to know that God has this all well in hand. God is taking all of this and working it together for our highest good. We don't need to second guess or protect ourselves from God. God is the one being with whom we are truly and completely safe, who knows all and sees all and is undoubtedly, loves us more than we can possibly imagine and is undoubtedly for our good, for our blessing. And more than that, knows what our good and blessing is, right? There are people that try to do good for, for others. I'm thinking of the moment too of like parents and children, but they don't have the knowledge that God does. And God, does, God knows, God knows what our highest good looks like. God knows what we're created for. God knows what our best selves are because that's what God made us into or is making us into. And, um, and so we can really trust that not only is God working all things together for our highest good, but God knows what our highest good is. Um, God doesn't have just like good intentions, but can somehow be screwed up. No, there's, there's no mistaking. God is completely omniscient. Our reading from the Hebrew scriptures in Genesis talks about the history of Sarah's burial ground. Um, according to my commentary, like this kind of stresses the legi legitimacy of the Israelites' claim to this particular burial plot, this piece of land. And the inheritance of the promise. I'm really not sure how this applies to our, or at least my, current context. Um, And so I would just ask for, for the Spirit to help discern it, discern it for us. I think, I think part of it might be that about God providing, 
I mean, Abraham had no land in this place where he was an outsider. And yet, through God, he was able to purchase land that then became passed down for many generations. So God, may you provide what we need both in this moment and also what generations to come might need. Help us to procure for those to come. Amen. Now, our New Testament reading, Hebrews, um, we kind of wrap up the history of those who, who by faith, um, did amazing things, right? You know, and the, the writer is like, I could go on and on forever, but by faith we did all these things. And this is, you guys have heard me say this before because we've had this reading before. Well, that's the thing about having been recording for, for over, gosh, I guess it's over two years now. I'd have to go back and look on the different platforms, but we're getting some of the same readings and it still strikes me again. I was thinking actually this morning that maybe it's time for me to buy a new Bible because I've got so much highlighting and writing in this one that I almost feel like I'm not looking at things fresh, but I'm not sure if it's time yet for that. So, um, but I, I still agree with what I had noted here before on verse 34, one strength out of weakness. Isn't that just a wonderful praise there by faith they we won strength out of weakness I think it's very parallel to the verse about um, in our weakness is God's strength so I think we could go so far as to say by faith we were blessed with God's strength in our weakness I think all of these things are true and correlated. And I just think that that is beautiful because it gives us so much hope as humans who are weak and who stumble, you know, that that's exactly where God wants us to be. And that's where faith shines. And that is where we meet God and God's strength endures. And then also I love that we all have to come together we have to collaborate together we have to without you know we're incomplete without each other those who have gone before and us and so we have to look look forward to 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 meeting up with those who went before and also to those who are going to come after us and persevere, not just for ourselves, but for the greater Christ project and for those who have come before and will come after, in our human timeline, that is, at least. Um, but really looking forward, like, with timelessness to all of those who are also collaborators in the Universal Christ Project. And we can we can persevere by fixing our sight on Jesus, by anchoring ourselves in the vision of Christ, and by 
maintaining our purpose in Christ. Let us remember, O God, that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, that we are not alone. We are not alone, even when we feel most alone. We are not alone. Let us lay aside everything that comes between us and you and your community, O God. The you that is you and the you that is in us and the you that is in your other creations, your other children, dear God. And let us run with perseverance this race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen. I just find that so beautiful and so moving. Finally, our gospel reading. So Jesus has been talking about, basically about the communion and transubstantiation and salvation through him. You know, that those who eat of his flesh and drink of his blood will have everlasting life. And people are offended by this. I mean, this is contrary to the Jewish teachings about what is clean and unclean. And so Jesus is like, hey, these words that I have spoken to you, they're spirit and life. Um, That's what he says in verse 63. Hold on to them. He doesn't say hold on to them. I'm saying that to you, but I, I think that's what he's saying. Hold on to them. And there are people that are so off put by this that they leave him. And I'm not sure if it's literally everyone leaves him but the 12 or some of them leave him. But at any rate, a great number of his followers, they just, they, like they've hung on through a bunch, but they can't hang on through this, and so they leave. And Jesus asks the rest, do you want to leave too? And Simon Peter answers him, where are we going to go? You have the words. Through you we have come to believe. And I think there are times that belief gets hard. Um, Understanding gets hard. Sometimes others are offended by our belief, by our faith, by our words, by Christ himself and what Christ represents. And we must, as our reading from Hebrews told us, we must persevere we must remember that we're not alone and we must keep going. We must keep believing and we must trust also that if something is not clear to us, we pray and we seek and it will be made clear. The Holy Spirit will make, make known all things that we need to know. So just as earlier when I was saying I'm really not sure what this means in this context and we prayed for the Holy Spirit to reveal it, that's what God does with everything, with, with the scripture, with events in our lives. Hang on, persevere, and it will become clear. God grant us wis- wisdom and insight and discernment. Help us to spend time with you 
so that we can come to know you incredibly deeply. Expand our understanding as we are ready, step by step. And even in the flashes of epiphany, how perfect for this season. Increase our awareness by all of these means as you know best, for you know us best. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time, with one accord, to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.